Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. All right. You know, in our last few studies, we've been traveling with Paul on his second missionary journey, which happened in the early 50s, the original 50s. And we find him in Philippi, and he is planning on attending another prayer meeting. So let's pick it up in verse 16 of Acts 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Father, we thank you for your word. And your word is going to teach us this morning that Christianity is not easy. There's a cost for being a Bible-believing Christian, even in this day and this hour. So, Lord, as we study these verses over the next few weeks, help us to glean, help us to grow, help us to mature in the faith, and help us to be ready to give every person an answer for the living hope that we have in your Son, as we're going to see next week. It's all about Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for that. Father, I pray for the gift of teaching, and that you will be glorified through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's go back to verse 16 and notice that there's action, there's movement taking place. Now, it happened as we went to prayer. Very important. The ladies were most likely going down to the river to have their regular prayer meeting. And I mentioned this last week, and and it's an important point to make once again. They didn't wait for prayer meeting to come to them. They took the time to gather for a prayer meeting. And this is very, very important, especially in these days we're living in where we're seeing the chaos taking place in our nation. Um, Just after the music, uh, uh, the comment was made, you know, there's only two races on this earth, saved and unsaved. That's all there is. So find out which one you belong to. And if you're on the the unsaved part, you better get on the saved because Jesus is coming back. But the enemy wants to do anything to cause division 
amongst us. He'll use anything. And so again, race is a big issue the last few days, and we can never allow it to come within the church, ever, ever. We have to remember that we're all one blood. We all go back to Adam and Eve. And so we've got to stay focused on that. But as they're going for prayer, the, our spiritual enemy comes along and tries to stir up trouble or problems for these newfound saints. And so we see in this verse that there is a demon-possessed woman that had become a slave who had become a source of income for her masters through divination. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Because we could do two or three or four week study on divination. So instead of studying the darkness, let's just go right to the light and see what the Word of God says about this. Divination, necromancing, calling up the dead. Um, Deuteronomy 18, verse 9. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. Which is hard to imagine, but this is what they would actually do. Molech. And one who, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures up spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. So again, we could spend two or three weeks going through all of that. You do that on your own. Do it on your own. Because some people say, well, is it the will of God? What is the will of God? As we talked about last week, well, here's the will of God. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. Notice that God is cleansing the land. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you will dispossess uh, listened to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, here's the difference. The Lord your God has not appointed such for you. And we'll expand on that. You see, in the context of ancient Roman culture and belief, divination was concerned with discovering the will of the gods. Now, this is in all caps, this this slide here, but little g there, little g, the will of the gods. And even to this day, there are many gods that people worship on this earth. But there is only one big G. And again, we just talked about it last week. How can we discern the will of God? Well, the enemy always has a counterfeit to what is true. And here we see it in action. And we might laugh at this, but people still do this today. They desire to know the future or hidden aspects of a particular day as well as the past. There are many examples of this out there, but one of the main supposedly innocent ways of getting this information is through your horoscope. It's innocent. It's no big deal. But as we just read in the scriptures, we can clearly say that it's the will of God to not partake in such practices. Why not? Because the enemy of our souls desires to deceive a person into believing that he has the same power as God. But since we know that he is a created being, devil, Lucifer, Satan, 
a fallen angel in eternity past, basic logic tells us that he doesn't know the future. He knows the past, he knows the present, but he cannot predict. Because you might just think, well, yeah, he knows the future. Well, I, I know the future, but I can't predict what's going to happen five seconds from now. I, that's what we're talking about here. There's only one God who knows the future. Yeah, we know tomorrow's coming. We know that. Am I going to be here to see it? I don't know. I might not. God knows if I'm going to be here to see it or not. There's the difference that we need to realize. Only God knows the future, and he has foretold us certain things about the future in the word to show us that fact. It shows us the fact that God is God. And what is, what is, the, and what is one reason that God uses prophecy? To make sure that his people, his people, you and I, understand that he alone is God. Let's look at Isaiah 44, 6 through 8. Isaiah 44, 6 through 8. And again, this is so important. If you're doing the daily reading over the last couple weeks in the Old Testament, Israel just continually goes back to false idols. Uh, In the southern tribes, there's a good king, good king, bad king. Good king, bad king, good king, good king. Northern tribes, there's not one mention of a good king. They all worship false idols. So this is prevalent. This is important for you and I to understand. Isaiah 44, 6 says, Thus says the Lord, the King, capital K, of Israel, and his Redeemer, notice Israel's Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and the last. Well, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Book of Revelation. But this is in Isaiah. I am the first and the last. Besides me, there is no God. And who can proclaim as I do? Who can foretell the future? I mean, what is that one guy's name? Notre Damas? They, they stretch his predictions and maybe come up with 50%. Yeah, he might be 50% right. But they've got to stretch it. They've got to do all kinds of things to make it fit. Not in the word of God. You don't have to stretch anything. Just read the word of God. Then let him declare it and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come. Let them show these to them. Do not fear nor be afraid. Have I not told you from that time and declared it? You are my witnesses. And guys, this is where you and I come in in a practical application today. Jesus Christ is coming back. And there are certain things that are going to take place prior to his coming. And we're seeing it. I don't know if you guys read it yesterday, but I, I, just, I didn't read the whole article. I just read a quick overview of it. India is being devastated right now by locusts. India. Besides the virus, now their food supply is going to be wiped out. And they're one of the poorest countries in the, in the world. Pestilence, plagues, earthquakes, famines. Things happening in the, the outer atmosphere. All these things are taking place. Look up. Is there a God besides me? Indeed, there is no other rock. Capital R, notice that. We need to be careful what rock we build on, right? We can either fall on the rock or the rock falls on us. And I know most of you here are believers, so we've fallen on the rock. We have salvation. Praise God. Is there any God besides me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know, I know, God say, and he knows everything. I know not one. There's no other God. 
You see, fulfilled prophecy helps believers remember that there's only one true God. And it helps us not to get wrapped up in fear, especially when we see happening what's happening right now. To remain calm and to to use our testimony of the past, the word of God, as well as our own past to share with the future. A brother shared with me last night at at the the meal uh, that we had how he came up for prayer four years ago. And he goes, you're not going to remember. I go, you're right. He came up for prayer four years ago. Uh, He had back issues. He was doing what the doctors were telling him to do. He went for a shot, but he came up for prayer. We prayed over him, and he hasn't had back issues for four years. He said, was it the shot? He goes, no, it wasn't the shot. He goes, I believe in shots. I believe in doctors, and I do too. But he said, it was that prayer. It was that prayer. So that's a part of his testimony now, that God is, there is only one God. And yes, God uses doctors, God uses medication. Don't, I'm not going down that road. God's, praise God we have all that. But we've got to remember who the one true God is. In John 13, 19, we read this. Now again, think of this as prophecy. Now I tell you before it comes, what's the book of Revelation all about? Telling us before it happens. It is going to happen, guys. Now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass... You may believe that I am he. Who's the he here? Well, in your Bible, it's going to be italicized. It just says in the original, believe that I am. Who is the I am? The eternal one. The eternal one. That Jesus is God. So I'm letting you know ahead of time. And so that's why we have the word of God. We can rest assured that God is God. He knows what he's doing and that he has a plan. And so for me, always stay with the facts of God's word. encourage you to do this, guys. Always stay with the facts of God's word. And you will not be deceived about the past, present, or even the future. Because the world is trying to say, and I've been watching a little bit of it. I don't want to watch a lot of it because it's just, it's from the pit of hell. For God so loves the world. It's not about black lives, Mexican lives, white lives, Muslim lives, this lives. That's separation. That's dividing. No, there's two groups of people. Saints and ain'ts. Saints are going to heaven and ain'ts are going to hell. Make sure you're on the right side. That's bottom line. So always stay. Don't get caught up in the politics. Don't get caught up in the arguing about the police or this or that. They're humans. They're going to make mistakes. What the guy did is totally, absolutely horrendous. He should, be, he should be taken to task and go to prison. No questions. Okay, that's the end of it. Do we need to burn down our town? No. That's the end of it. He's already been arrested. Let's learn from it and move on. Verses 17 and 18. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God. Now, now is she saying anything wrong here? Not really. I mean, she's right on. Notice what she's saying. These men are servants of the Most High God who, cl- who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Remember that because in a few verses, we're going to get to the point where they're accused of trying to Judaize the Gentiles. To Judaize the Gentiles, which they were not doing. And this she did for many days. That's, I just find that interesting. Well, I didn't bother Paul the first day, but, but it happened for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, 
I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he, the demon, came out that very hour. Very important. You see, the demons knew who Jesus was. Past. Past. Uh, obviously, Satan didn't know who Jesus, what Jesus was going to do in the future, or he wouldn't have entered Judas to get Judas to go to the authorities. So he doesn't know the future. He does not know the future. We've got we to keep that in mind. But he does know the past. And during the Lord's earthly ministry, we find Jesus consistently casting out demons from people. But oftentimes, as you read the Gospels, oftentimes, just before the demons were being cast out, they would proclaim his deity. They would proclaim that he was God. And why would they do that? Well, James 2.19, you're familiar with this verse. You believe there is one God? You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Because who are the demons? They're fallen angels from eternity past. These are angels that used to worship Jesus. So what's the big deal? There's one God. Well, duh. The demons know this. You see, Jesus didn't allow the enemy to proclaim his deity while on earth. And as you read the gospel, you'll see, you'll read that, that they start to say, who are you? And people start to gather. And he says, no, nah, forget it. You're not talking anymore. Come out. And so Paul was not going to allow the demon in this woman to proclaim it either. Because there was a deception that was taking place. If this woman kept proclaiming, kept proclaiming and everyone knew that she was a, a, used, being used of divination, then they would associate her with God. And she wasn't proclaiming God's message. She was being used of demons to try to pull people away from the one true God. Very, very important. And how did it take place? Well, notice the power in the name of Jesus because there's no other name under heaven. There's no other power like unto his name. And unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, people give our spiritual enemy too much power or authority. Can God and demons dwell together? Because often I'll be asked, uh, can a Christian be demon-possessed? Again, as Jesus encountered them in the Gospels, they didn't want anything to do with him. So how could a Bible-believing Christian be demon-possessed? They couldn't be. It's impossible. The Holy Spirit, who is a part of the Godhead, which would then be called God, makes him God, dwells within every Bible-believing Christian. So a Christian cannot be demon-possessed, but they can be demon-oppressed. Oppressed. And, and we need to ask ourselves on a regular basis, am I allowing the enemy to oppress me through maybe alcohol or abusing prescription drugs or pornography or gambling or reading my horoscope and putting my faith in that? There's many ways that we could become oppressed, not possessed. We can never become possessed. And so the question needs to be, are you, am I being oppressed by the enemy today? Are there areas in your life or in my life that need to be surrendered? Get addicted to Jesus. You know, there's, there's certain people that have addictive spirits. Uh, let me rephrase it. Addictive personalities. That's just real. All of us have personalities. We're all different. And some people just have addictive personalities. 
They get addicted to a TV show or they get addicted to food and they drop that addiction. They get addicted to whatever it might be. They just go from one addiction to another addiction. And I try to encourage them, you know, would you just get addicted to Jesus? Would you just read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation? Would you come to men's Bible studies and Wednesday night Bible studies and Sunday morning and get involved? And you will find as you do that, as you get to, to Jesus, that the deceptions, which they really are, they'll go away. What is an addiction? Well, if I just do this, then I'll feel better and I'll have peace. And so you do that, and you don't get it. Well, if I just do this, well, if I just do this, it's just a deception. We have to follow after the Lord because the enemy tries to get us to believe that he has something better than what God has to offer. Oh, it it can't be that simple. Getting addicted to Jesus, it just can't be that simple. It is that simple, guys. It's a lie from the pit of hell, but that's where the enemy is one day going to go to reside. James 4, 7 says this. Again, I'm sure you're familiar with this. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's how you break addictions. And so as you go out and deal with the world, because remember, the pastor is supposed to train you up so that you go out into your field of ministry, and you come across somebody that says, you know, I have an addiction. You have a verse for them. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You have a verse that you can, well, you know, if you would just submit yourself to God, this addiction will leave you. But you have to submit yourself to God. You have to receive Jesus as your Savior. Let's look at John chapter 3, the Gospel of John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. John three nineteen, Jesus speaking. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. And we know that the light here referenced is the Son of God, the Son of Man, Jesus. And men love darkness rather than light. And that's for you and me. We all love darkness before we had Jesus as our Savior. Why? Because their deeds were evil. And everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth, notice that, not deception, but the truth, comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So the answer for us is come back to that place of real worship. Humble yourself at his throne and spend time, as we look back in Acts 16, Spend time in his word and in prayer, and it will be the best part of your day, and it will impact your life forevermore. Verse 19, but when, our mas- when, their- when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, isn't that sad? She got saved, she got delivered, and they're bummed. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. You know, it's very interesting how the enemy will use various people to promote his temporal kingdom. And they were, they were abusing this woman to promote a temporal kingdom. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2. They're losing money. We are grieved. This girl has been delivered, but we don't care about that. We would rather that she remain in bondage to us. Can that happen today? Can that happen to a Christian? Again, not become possessed, 
but become oppressed. Well, 2 Peter chapter 2 gives us very specific insights. These are wells without waters, clouds carried by the tempest, for whom is reserved the darkness of the blackness of darkness forever. And when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, now this is talking about the world coming to the Christian, trying to get the Christian back involved with worldly things. They allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. I see these verses talking about the unbeliever and the believer. So the believer has gotten out of the world. We're still in the world, but no longer of the world. The world comes after me through various ways, trying to get me to get back into the world. While they promise them liberty, the world, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a, when, but for by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. For if, after we have escaped the pollutions of the world, not we, they, if after they, so the believer, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. Now, I don't want to show of hands, but I'm just going to ask you, and you can think about it. Do you know if a Christian who was out of the world and went back to the world, were they happier Or were they even more grieved and depressed? We've seen it. We've seen it over and over again. They don't have the joy of the Lord anymore. I don't believe they lost their salvation. They're miserable because God's dealing with them. And they know God's dealing with them. You see, the enemy will still use anyone who is willing to be used to bring people into or back into the darkness. And so why is a Christian worse off if they return to habitual sin? Because once a Christian goes back to the habitual sin that so easily sidetracks them, it gives the enemy more ammunition or condemnation. Because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For those who walk according to his purposes. You've got to finish the whole verse. For those who walk. Verses 20 and 21. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs. Well, even the demons said what? They talk about salvation. But they're twisting it, which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to observe, to receive, or observe. So again, the Gentiles bring up the point that Paul and his companions were Jews and were trying to convert them to Judaism. But in actuality, Paul, was teaching, Paul wasn't teaching anyone about Judaism, but rather about Jesus being the Christ, the Savior of the world. And that's for you and I to do as well, even though we may be accused of being religious. Have any of you ever been accused of being religious? <laughs> I let people know. Uh, no. No, I'm not religious. I have a relationship with Jesus. It might look like religion to you, but it's not. It's a personal relationship. You see, Paul was sharing about God's goodness, yet God's judgment. The persecution came because a young woman was delivered of the demon that had possessed her. So these men said that what Paul was doing was evil. Isaiah Isaiah spoke of this. Isaiah 5.20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Are we seeing that today? You know, California, don't gather your churches, but you can go for an abortion, 
The liquor stores are open. The medicinal marijuana stores are open. Do those other things, but don't, God forbid, go to church. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. 22 through 24. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, notice that, many stripes, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Interesting here, we can see that it only takes a few to develop the riot mentality amongst many. Now, I had my study done already before this whole thing happened this past week. Only takes a few. And what I find interesting about the situation is Paul and Silas are cast into the inner prison or dungeon after being unjustly and severely beaten. And this is another instance that doesn't fly well with the health and wealth nonsense that's been permeating the Christian church over the last few decades. Most likely this dungeon was cold, dark, damp, probably even came with a few rats for free. They didn't have their wounds attended to, but instead had their feet placed in a large wooden ankle bracelets. There were no lights, no TVs, no radios, no weights in which to work out with. They had no rights at all, no rights. You see, this was a horrible place to be cast into, but as we'll find out next week, God was going to use it for his glory. So guys, as we continue down this path of our Christian faith, and things continue to deteriorate, which is very, very grieving. Um, you have to be aware. I mean, things are going really good here in Arizona. I mean, overall, you know, things seem to be going really, really well. If you just read a few reports, this country is ready to implode. And I know we don't want to hear that because it's going so well here. Don't mess up my day. Don't mess up my week, Pastor. The numbers are off the charts of the number of major companies, major, major companies they're declaring bankruptcy. They're off the chart compared to 08. Off the chart, guys. This is just reality. Hate to burst anybody's bubble. But we have to be ready for what's coming because we're living in somewhat of a bubble here in Arizona. I mean, realistically, things have gone fairly well the last two months. It's been hard. But compared to New York and other places, it's, it's been fairly well. So we have to keep looking at the bigger picture here. There is going to be a one-world government. There is going to be a one-world economy. There is going to be a one-world religion. And as we have opportunity, which we all have, I've had this past week, you have as well, make sure that you share those seeds. Because it's going to happen. Money's probably going to be gone by next year, by the end of next year. I personally believe we will not have cash by the end of next year. Everything will be electronic. They're pushing for it. It's going to happen. Right now, you can be monitored. Most people think, well, I can just turn my phone off and I'm not monitored. (laughs) Yeah, right. They know, guys. They know. But who knows us and who knows the future? That's why we got to stay focused on the word. It's going to happen. It was happening to Paul. It could happen to us. It's okay. It's an opportunity, as we're going to see next week. Feel free to read ahead. Most of you know the story. But feel free to read ahead. It encourages us and builds our faith to get ready to witness even after persecution, to sing songs in the darkest of nights. Father, we thank you and praise you for this morning. And we thank you, Lord, for this reminder how 
There is a God of this world, a little g. The word says he is the God of this world. And he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's just a fact. But Father, we are the light. And we are possibly the only light that maybe someone will see this week. There are many who are still locked down and they want to remain locked down. They're living in fear for their lives. But Lord, you give us an opportunity to maybe go into their homes or or their apartment or to go into their work environment and, and it might be just a brief moment in time and we are the light and we have that maybe opportunity to plant a seed, a seed of love, a seed of grace, a seed of mercy to be there to to point them. For God so loved the world, for God so loves you, you can have a relationship with him. No matter what happens, you can have a relationship with him. Father, help us to be those faithful ambassadors this week as we go out and faithfully do our jobs, which we need to do. We need to be responsible. That's what we're called to do. So fill us with your Holy Spirit that we'd be responsible in our jobs, but we'd also be responsible in sharing the gospel whenever it's appropriate, whenever it's led of your Holy Spirit. We we just want to do what you'd have us to do, Father. We want to be obedient. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand, guys. Need prayer for anything? Please come up. We'd love to pray for you. Have a blessed week, guys. Have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.